Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, presenter, and today we have with us John Spike, episode 109, and we are two game nerds talking some game moments. Before we get into it, I want to welcome back John. John, uh, can you give yourself a little little introduction, a little self-shout out? I would be honored, Michael. Uh, yeah, so I'm John Spike. And I am the coordinator of instructional technology integration services at University of Wisconsin Whitewater. That's a, a long title for essentially I help pre-service teachers and instructors kind of think about how to leverage technology in what they do. And I also get to teach a couple courses, and I do one on video games and learning. It's basically my dream come true. Nice. So everyone that's tuning in here. I want to give a, a few little updates, few shout outs before the episode gets too far in. Uh, we have started registration for Hive Summit. So if you go over to hivesummit.org and get signed up, that's some great free PD that's going to happen in August. And you'll get those emails to, to see some nine fabulous presenters. But from now till August, you're going to get these honey drops that's going to show the old videos from last year. So sign up so you get those honey drops right away. Uh, I wanted to give that shout out straight away. Uh, but now we can kind of get into the episode of what uh, what are these game moments? You know, like John and I both love board games, video games, just games in general. So we wanted to kind of like do kind of a different episode. We've talked on here about games people should go buy, people should try. We'll probably name drop a few here, but really we're going to center around sort of the emotional aspects of games, the, the feelings of games, and why those are great. So, John, do you want to kick us off with sort of a game moment, uh, a little little story there and, and, and why that's a, a good thing? <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thinking about these game moments, and you, you've got so many that suddenly I think you get paralyzed with, oh, what what moment do I start with? But I always, <laughs> I think uh, one thing that always sticks out to me is uh, I love deception games, uh, and my my wife has a terrible poker face, and so we're usually playing together with a group of friends, and one time we we're playing one of my favorite games, Dead of Winter, uh, and in that game there is a 50-50 chance that somebody's working against you, right, and the game had just started, and one of my friends just asked her flat out, "Are you, are you the you know deceiver? Are you the betrayer on our team?" And she just cracked, like she tried to put on a face and just, <laughs> just, just melted down. She's like, "Yes," and we're like, "Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and kick you, give you the the old boot from the from our like little civilization, uh, and you're gonna try to win on your lonesome here." Uh, but then she got sweet revenge on me, like. A week or two later, we were playing Secret Hitler, another great deception game, and she turned the tables. I was convinced she was on my team working together. Um, she pulls back the veil and has like this epic win uh, where she made me believe she's trustworthy. And she was secretly Hitler the whole time, which is, is a hard thing to grasp, you know, accepting that the person, you know, you care about is Hitler. <laughs> well, I have to say, uh, you know, backing up here a little bit, these sort of games about deception these 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 games that they're they really had kind of an explosion of like releases in the last like three four years with just countless ones of these and people really should check them out they're 
there where we have these hidden roles. We don't know who's who kind of thing. And in Dead of Winter, great game. It's kind of this zombie-themed game where the colony, that's like the few humans left or need to like sort of survive the winter, gather enough supplies, keep the colony like safe from these zombies. But they have to venture out to like the various places in town to get the equipment they need. And fascinating design, right? With one of the people might be working against you. And then to sort of hide that fact, right? Everyone has a hidden objective that they need to accomplish, which makes us all look a little suspicious. And, and <laughs> right, like because it, like mine might be like have the most, you know, food at the end of the game. And there's all these like turns where it's like we have to feed everyone, and you have to like give these cards in to like help achieve these little mini goals, like feeding people or gathering enough supplies or food or fuel or whatever. But like, I don't want to give up my food. So I just keep saying like, ah, I don't have any of those cards, you know, sorry guys, I'd like <laughs> yep. to help. And then like John's going to start thinking I'm that bad guy. And it's that moment, right? Of like, is he, isn't he? Because if you accuse me falsely, sort of bad things happen for our colony. If you accuse me right, then it's good. So it's like, ah, is it worth the risk? And the big kicker in a game like that one or Shadows of a Camelot, which is a game moment I want to describe, there might not be a betrayer in in the game at all when you when you sort of set the deck up right you you put one sort of betrayer card in there with a mix of just sort of regular people deal them out and then you put sort of the extra card back in the deck and you don't know like we could all be good people but you're still the, for that hour and a half two hours you're still looking around the table like everyone could be the guilty one and i think that's just such a interesting tantalizing thing for our mind to sort of think through and chew through for those two hours. Yeah. I, I love that. It's almost like a game within a game where I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm looking out for myself, but I also have to kind of be looking out for the team. Uh, and I think that design is really ingenious in those, in those games where you're kind of playing the game of, I want to look as good as I can while still looking out for number one. Uh, so it's kind of this interesting dynamic it creates. And I think something that could be, um, replicated, you know, in a, in a gamified situation too. Yeah. You, oh, we could totally do some hidden role moments. That, that'd be super fun. Um, a game moment that I really wanted to just sort of talk about is sort of just zoomed out to all board games, card games, party games. It is the camaraderie, right? Is, is just the general, getting together and having this like thing to focus on. Uh, I think when we get together as adults, like I have an eight year old daughter and she sort of says like, what do you adults talk about? Right. Cause we'll go over to a friend's house <laughs> and the kids will go downstairs and play like a thousand different things for the five hours that were there. And she's like, what? Like being an adult seems boring. You guys just sit there and like talk. <laughs> and there's a piece of me that I have to say, kind of agrees like if i could get all of my friends just to play games i'd go over to somebody's house talk for a couple hours but then i'd be like kind of caught up i know all your stuff like <laughs> let's play a game right because it's this shared experience it's this thing to focus on it's this thing to have all these moments that we're going to talk about all these like joyful moments these little laughter moments you know all of it right yeah i and one thing on that note, I think it's really fun. I get really a, a great amount of joy out of 
picking out a game I think somebody would really like. You know, like identifying games and saying so-and-so would love it. Uh, You know, like, oh, they're analytical. I'd love to get them in kind of those system management games. You know, oh, they're creative. I want them to try these games that are kind of improv-y. It's it's fun to kind of say to people, hey, I know maybe you're not into games, but I think there's some new games out there that that would really connect well with you and what you care about, what you'd like. And, And having them play it and be like, yeah, you nailed it is a great feeling, I think. So I, I've just, I've definitely missed too, you know, saying I think you're gonna love this, and then they play, and they're like, yeah, just fe- little feedback. Don't ever bring that again. But <laughs> we're done with that one. Yeah, yeah, we're we're actually done. You know, this friendship. Uh, <laughs> that's it, that's never happened. But uh, I think that's a lot of joy is identifying a game that really lands with people because you know them. And like on that note, like if we were to connect gamification in the classroom. I love as a teacher when I, I try these various things, right? When we used to, when I started teaching, there was those ideas of the different types of learners, you know, kinesthetic and these kind of things. And, and, you know, you challenge yourself to build those things into your class activity once in a while to see if you hit those students, not literally, given, given that they're <laughs> kinesthetic. I didn't want to. Meta- metaphorical. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. right? Make that connection with them. Uh, same thing. I think what you're saying here is pulling that right game for the right group, that right person. You know, I love in a gamified class when I add a little game mechanic and it's like, Oh yeah. Like these like six people who weren't really into the game now all of a sudden are super into it, you know? And, and typically when you do that, you don't lose the others because the game still has all the features that were happening that had the others. But now you've added this other element, captured these five or six kids attention for a while, which is awesome. And I think that's really important to know, like, unfortunately, you can't just repeat your game year to year because the students change. And so you really have to identify, okay, what what kinds of students do I have? Um, I know on this podcast, we've talked uh, Bartle Test before and, Mm -hmm. and those different types of gamers and how are you catering to different play styles. But yeah, unfortunately, you can't just hit go. You know, you did it year one and and roll it around because those students are going to have different ways they want to play and interact and, and have that uh, experience in the gamified classroom. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a good thing for us to all be reminded of, too, Pam, when you're hearing this episode. But, you know, shaking it up, changing it up, uh, even even if you're catching this mid-year, the nice thing about a game is you can always change it. So even if you did try to roll with the same game and you're listening to this podcast, you know, think about what you can add to those new students that you have uh, right now. All right, so another game moment that I kind of want to put out there that I, I love is the there, there's a lot of games where you have limited actions you can take on a turn. Okay. And, you know, you want to do 10 things, but it's like, you know, choose three actions on your turn. And you're able to do those three actions, but, you know, you, you so needed that fourth one that like, ah, <laughs> uh, like I, you know, collected enough resources to buy that building, but like the building, of, the buying the building would be the fourth action. And then there's that that tenseness that holds the entire time around the table because it's like, oh, if John buys that building, then I'm done. Like if <laughs> Curtis buys that building, I'm done. Like, oh no. Like, and you got you basically gotta like hold your breath, act like everything's fine. <laughs> but like people watched you like collect enough goods and it's like they could sort of look around and be like, Oh man, he needs the bridge or whatever the building is, like, and any one of you could snap it up. Uh I love, I don't know if that's really like poker face, but kind of like <laughs> just engagement. People are like, oh, John, like, what's up? Like, good turn. Nice. Like, do not buy the bridge. 
<laughs> just subtly, you know, slip that in there. <laughs> uh, but I love that that tenseness that like you're taking a risk, uh, a little a little gamble, like a short term gamble uh, for that turn. Yeah, uh, I I think kind of on that similar vein, there's always that while you're holding your breath, while other people are going, seeing what they're gonna do, and if it's gonna absolutely ruin, you know, your your master plan. You know, watching your plan fall apart is really tough on those turn-based games. Uh, and I just think of like, you know, recently we've been playing King Domino a lot because we got some gamer friends who aren't as into the big intense games. They like how kind of simple and accessible it is. But like watching somebody actually look at your kind of King Domino board, you're building like a kingdom that'll score you points with little tiles. Uh, and seeing somebody take that, like look at you, look at your board and then take that tile just to ruin it. Like they actually don't have a good move. So they, they clearly are making icons saying like, I know you wanted this and it's mine now. I don't even need it, but I'm, I'm just doing this to cause chaos. Uh, and no. that's a, a great moment, a terrible moment for you, but you have to kind of say, I respect that. Yeah, I love the the line about making the eye contact. Like, yeah, I'm doing this. I don't need it. A little up nod. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to put it here. Don't really care, but you're not getting it. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I like also that the the sense of accomplishment that can come with some ga- games, right? Like some of my favorite games are ones that you, you sort of build something where you, you start with a small little territory little colony little whatever and over time you know you start to see that network grow you start to be able to do more things because you've upgraded enough buildings uh and there's just that i don't know sense of accomplishment like and it's built in because you started with only being able to do this small task and now you can do larger tasks you know you started to be able to only do a few things but now you can do a lot more things uh I love when you see the growth on the on the map or the board where like your your red pieces are spreading across the board. <laughs> yes, like, uh, and it doesn't have to be like war games by any means. Uh, well, one I really like is uh, Power Grid, and mm-hmm. that, you know you start in one little city as a power plant power in that city and getting contracts to like do more cities, and I love that growth over time. Yeah, I, I just think of, you know, kind of going into the digital realm. Uh, mm-hmm. I was very big into real-time strategy games. My friends and I loved StarCraft. And so, yeah, seeing your empire grow uh, was always a, a neat thing. And you, you'd, I'd, I'd kind of have those moments where I'd stop building and I'd just kind of, you know, scroll in awe over my mighty, you know, Zerg kingdom or what have you. Uh, and then only to, like, have it destroyed as I, you know, let my guard down and somebody comes in and, you know, decimates it. But... It, yeah, there was this kind of sense of accomplishment of you know being prideful of the gains you've made uh, and and the strategic moves you made to get it to that point. Yeah, I I was thinking too. What's the Clash of Clans was a big app. Oh yeah, base game, right? And when you started, like you could barely afford anything, and then all of a sudden you're buying bigger and bigger and bigger things. Um, that's nice. And when I connect it to a gamified class, I have students that have that same pride. An accomplishment when you know they started with no items and then they had like one item and you know all of a sudden now they have like nine items that gives them a lot more flexibility of what they can do in my class or in the game and there's that pride that pride that comes with it that they just they just dig they love and i i can totally empathize and i get why they, why they love that yeah i one thing that I, I added to my game last fall um you know, I taught a digital tools class um, for some pre-service librarians, uh, and I had them go in, and they actually would 
they had a kind of a Google slides with their stats and they'd actually raise their stats as they, you know, as they improved and they got feedback and they'd get to see their character card, like those things go up. So I liked having a tangible thing where they saw their growth and it was reflected in their character, you know, improving and gaining, you know, levels or whatever you want to call it. And I think having visible ways so students see their growth is really important and you can do it in kind of a fun contextualized way with your gamified classroom. Definitely. I, uh, like I said, with the items case, they can hold nine items and that just slowly grows over time. Uh, or different leaderboard mechanics, even simple leaderboards in the classroom of like having something physical on the, the board. I don't know. That's how, that's that sense of accomplishment, which I like. Yeah. And I now just having this conversation about, like you said, seeing on power grid expanding to other cities or, you know, I think about the real time strategy games. I like the idea of them having something, you know, a board that they are kind of they're seeing their progress like you'd see on a, on a game. You know, I think about like Super Mario, you see how far you've traversed in the, sure. the on the map or seeing like your kingdom grow. I think it'd be cool to have elements you know, I kind of now I'm wondering if I can add this somehow to have like a territory <laughs> growth, you know, um, that would be a really interesting, that'd be a really interesting mechanic to add where they, they kind of see their empire growing. It would fit really well for your subject area, of course, because you do, a, you know, a focus on kind of the world and, and, and that. So I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting angle. Yeah. Last year I tried something with a map and I was trying to get that they could travel to these various cities. And then I tried to make each of the cities have a bonus. It got a little unwieldy for me. So <laughs> it's one Are of those you I... saying like proceed with caution to me right now. Well, I'm saying like, if you can <laughs> unlock it, please bring back all the information you have that made it work. Cause, uh, for mine, it's just the way I had it set didn't really work. And what I did this year was take a lot of the features that were in the locations and put them into quote unquote buildings that, my kids could kind of go to and as they progressed as houses they sort of unlocked more and more buildings so they could like go to these buildings that just seemed to work a little better for me mm -hmm. uh being a history teacher though if we could put that on a map that's better <laughs> yeah you get it like tied into that content idea that you're going for uh i on a i was thinking about this on a mini scale i did a little bit of this with um deck toys uh which is just a really great um you know tool to use with your gamified classroom but we had a digital breakout and my theme was kind of they were out in space at this future teacher academy you know kind of an ender's game-ish feel to it uh and i had a this cool like future space city map and they were kind of unlocking the clues on the map and seeing it it kind of had a super mario bounce into worlds vibe on it as they unlocked further clues in the game so that was kind of fun that was kind of the closest i've gotten to like seeing your you know like physical world advancing through it uh, so that was kind of a mini way to incorporate that idea of seeing your progress i guess yeah so what's another i mean what's another game moment what's another reason you love games yeah um i I've got, again, I'm, I'm just cycling through. I've got all these great, um, you know, moments. And uh, I was just thinking about, like, a, an epic, like, comeback, uh, you know, moment, too. Yes. And I'm going to go back, actually, to, like, a throwback, like, classic game, because I just thought this was kind of a funny game moment. But I, um, when I was in college, I actually got to teach a summer school class called Strategic Games uh, with another teacher. Uh, it was, a, like, a great, like, summer college gig. And... Uh, one, one of my jobs was to teach the kids chess. 
And I taught this kid chess, and literally this next, like the same day, I'm playing with him, and I, I'm kind of decimating him. But I let my guard down, and he made like this genius move, and like checkmated me. And I was equal parts like so proud of him and so embarrassed at the same time. But he was fun combo through the moon, excited. And I wasn't like letting him win. It was just a like he had this genius move down tons of pieces. Uh, to checkmate me uh, when I when I just let my guard down and and I I was kind of uh, proud of him because I'm like well I I have to do something right when I was teaching him because he understood like some strategies or or he was just a savant and uh, you know he was hustling me or something I don't know but just like an epic comeback is always fun uh, and those happen I feel like a lot of times in games where you feel like you had a great strategy but you didn't consider one angle. And that costs you the game. Or reverse, you saw a little opening that another person missed. Uh, my my wife was destroying me in Seven Wonders Duel. And uh, I just happened to notice I had collected enough of, you had to get like science items. And I just collected one shy. Otherwise, she was like on my doorstep about to burn down my kingdom. You know, had way more like hurt and shambles. But I just collected this last card that she had ne- neglected to stop me doing. Uh, and I had kind of that epic moment. And she, since, has not wanted to play that game. Uh, so that one's been X'd off the list after my comeback. Uh, but those moments are, are fantastic, I think, in games, when you've got that epic comeback. Nice. I On that note, in like a gamified class, what I like to do in my year-long game, and I, I really would suggest other people do it, this time of year... Uh, we're recording this here at like the, we got like three, four weeks left of school. Uh, this is when a lot of my kids sort of start to like fade out in terms of, well, in school in general, it starts to be nice here in Wisconsin. Kids are a little like, I'm done with school. Um, less side quests sort of get turned in, less adventure path people going on that. Like, yeah, yeah, you see where this is going. So what I try to do is I just amp up the game though in terms of items and power-ups and if you go on the adventure path now it's worth a ton and i have seen houses uh take the lead because like you know that that top house is sort of resting on their laurels it's nice out they're not doing the side quest and then that that team that was only like third place just keeps chugging along but because the end game rewards are much higher instead of doing a quest for you know a thousand points now that quest is worth 2500 you know so it's like ooh, like and i make it fair like the other team if they would do it would be worth 2500 too but they just sort of thought they were going to win and coast in to the win and if the game stayed the same they would have so i guess unlike your chess example that's just like like you said you weren't paying attention to a certain angle and he mm-hmm. found a loophole but but uh, a good way to do it in a gamified class is just sort of increase the value of those things. So as people trade trail off, the ones that stick in like really get a huge benefit from it. Yeah, and I I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I subtly manipulate the game. Like maybe the teams who are trailing draw a better you know item card, and maybe I've kind of stacked the deck a little bit, quote-unquote. I hope they're not listening to this right now, um, former students. But, um, you know, I, I strategically design it so that maybe they get some things that could kind of hoist them back into it if they feel like they're too far gone. 
But I think that that's important. I mean, that's the role we play, you know, as game masters. Maybe that could be another podcast in the future. <laughs> kind of that role, like of of doing doing a balanced job, more for not the fairness of it, but but the engagement of it. And I mean, I talk to my kids all the time that like one of the best games is Mario Kart, but it's it's horribly unfair. Like it's it's so we're not talking about fairness. We're talking about making a good game, and and sometimes that means helping out the lower one so that it's a little more competitive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think everybody appreciates the Mario Kart series because at any moment you can go from rags to riches. You know, it's that. Yep. You can have that epic moment where the blue shell comes out of nowhere, catches you in the lead, and suddenly you went from first to fifth, and you're you're like, what just happened? I did everything right, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's what makes it fun is you know everybody in that game is kind of rooting for chaos, uh, and that can happen at any given time. Yeah. So this this ends our time. We're gonna have, uh, and I could talk so much more about. <laughs> game moments and we didn't even hit like one of my favorites which is just the mental exercise of it i really like my mind likes to have something to play with i guess and <laughs> that's always good uh there I, I guess i got it in there but <laughs> we have right we have, at the buzzer that's right we have reflection time now so uh this quote's a good one uh we have it you ready for it i think so yeah let's try it all right, here we go. A successful person never loses. They either win or they learn. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, I should reflect on that, I, I'm guessing. Well, your mind was blown. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, lo I love that quote because uh, I think I've referenced back to previous games when I'm playing one. You know, ones where I made a critical error, I, I, I dropped something, either in the same game or, or ones that are in the same genre, and so I think you actually, as you, you know, listeners out there, if you're not a gamer, like getting into it, you kind of start piecing together how a game's trying to operate. And so I think you do pick up, you know, information and, and experiences, or you pick up if you play with a lot of gamers, you you learn a little bit about how they approach things. Are they somebody who's going to try to, you know, sabotage everybody else? Are they playing to maximize, you know, this area, you know, and you kind of start learning a little bit of maybe some ways to counteract what they're doing or ways to communicate with them strategically or whatever it might be, you know, or I'm trying to pick up tells on my wife to, to you know, figure out if she's <laughs> Hitler or not. So I think this quote is true of a lot of things. We, we take that information and we we're like, how can I make it actionable in the future? And that's a, a something games do very well is, is teach you, you know, ways that are successful, not successful. And you build kind of a, um, we call it a meta in our video games learning class. You kind of build a meta for that game of, you know, strategies that work, don't work. Yeah. I like how in a game, I mean, I guess I don't, I'm not so competitive that I get super frustrated if I don't win. <laughs> uh, That's where you and I differ. <laughs> I, I really just enjoy the exercise of the game and the camaraderie that's built around that game. So I like this quote because that's that's I guess where I'm at. Either I won and it's like sweet or I didn't win and I love like debriefing the game. Even even if I won, I like debriefing the game. It's like, you know, what were you doing here? What was like, oh man, if on that turn I would have bought the windmill like I think I would have had it, you know. <laughs> and 
I like that. I like to try to like, where did I go wrong? Because clearly the choices I made weren't the winning choices. So that comparison between, wow, like the winner did this, did X, Y, Z. I did X, Y. Yeah, like I could see where, man, if I would have added that Z, would have been gangbusters. And it would have been interesting. And it's not necessarily that I would have officially won. Because like a lot of games, you don't know. Like we would have been much closer, but like... <laughs> Would would that have put me over you or not over you? And it's just a fun thing. And the, the only way to figure it out or find out now is now that I've learned that is to play it again sometime and and try to like do both X, the, all the X, Y, and Z and see uh, how that goes. I, I did. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, that that's the first thing when you play that game and you sometimes there are some games out there where you have to play it a couple times to kind of get that. Ah, this is, you know, I've got a couple different strategies that I could have gone with. I kind of either you know spread myself too thin or i focused on one thing and forgot another element of the game system and so that's what's great about games is with each replay you kind of open up new ideas or possibilities for how you can play uh, at least if it's a well-designed game yeah well john thank you so much for being on well played episode 109 uh yet again you've been on quite a few times i love always chatting with you uh you're my fellow well i have lots of game friends but you're definitely one of them out of all my friends you are one of them you are one of them i promise <laughs> top top 1000 yes i was hoping to make the top 1000 leaderboard uh for for you so check that box <laughs> done and done uh no but it's just uh great to have you on here we all uh learn and get better together so i think that's awesome this topic i couldn't think about another person to have this chat with uh John and I just if you if you knew us in real life, you you would know we just so love games. Yeah, it's concerning. It might be a little unhealthy. I don't know. I'm just gonna throw it out there. My mine is definitely financially unhealthy. I'll say that. <laughs> I have seen your your board game wall. It's pretty epic. Yeah, that's too much. So everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Once again, another week of well played. And, you know, go out and check some of the other episodes. As I said, if you could sign up for the Hive Summit, and that's at hivesummit.org. That would be awesome. Uh, tell your friends, tell your staff, tell your neighbor, tell your dog. Tell your uh, enemies. Tell your enemies. Yeah, bring them, bring them all. One, Come on, come all. Uh, we're, we're trying to change the world. One way to do that is get the world to sign up. That would be awesome. Uh, all right. That's all we got for this week. Take care and play on.